Hi, and welcome to Sidewalk Talk. I'm Steve Fortunato, founder of Shovel the Sidewalk. We're a marketing firm in uh, Buffalo, New York, and uh, we help small businesses build their brand and tell their story through advertising. We utilize authentic storytelling, and that's what led us to this podcast, which is called Sidewalk Talk. And we find uh, Western New Yorkers um, that are thought leaders, and we help them tell their story and hopefully it can help out others throughout Western New York and today we have uh, Blake Lemoy. Uh, Blake is a unique story uh, and, and there's a lot to cover uh, but how Blake how we met was actually uh, through LinkedIn mm -hmm. and so I do want to talk about LinkedIn and the power of LinkedIn and, and how it can help help people grow their personal brand and, and their business um, but you are with uh, Alcott HR Let's start with um, you're not you're not originally from here. You're from Seattle, right? So you know what are you doing here in Buffalo? Well, um, family brought me back to the Western New York region. Um, I had the opportunity to leave my hometown of Seattle in my early career, and uh, went to Albion, New York, right between Rochester and Buffalo, and bring 300 jobs with a bank called Washington Mutual. Um, so I came from 01 to 06. So because of the HR influence that you have and the HR background, you worked with Washington Mutual. Yeah, we did. They needed to hire a bunch of people, yeah. and you ran that shop. Yep. Yeah, so we did um, regulatory uh, training, retail banking training, and I helped with the adult learning and workforce development um, with the transition of the call center. What did you discover about the workforce here versus... I know you've also been in San Antonio yeah. and, and out in Seattle. What, what's the difference? Um, the, the biggest difference, I, I guess, with the, you know, a rural community, uh, uh, urban or, or inner city, is really a little, little mix of education, um, uh, great worth it ethic. I mean, um, I had three to five generations of families working for me in the call centers in Albion, which was uh, definitely different to have, you know, grandmother and mother and son and, you know, th th that was probably the most unique thing that I've ever experienced and uh, is the only thing that I've seen in Western New York. Um, but um, the, the work ethic was great. I mean, the, the people, you know, the, the community, I mean, that, that was, I think, the differentiator as far as the, the strength of, you know, the Western New York community. Yeah, as you know, and, 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 and I, again, I've only known you, we connected through LinkedIn, we went and, and, and had a coffee together, and, and, and that's about it, but we really connected on a lot of our, our beliefs yeah. uh, and, our, and our passions uh, of storytelling and helping others and authenticity and, and building your personal brand. But, but um, I think Western New York businesses, just like businesses around the country right now, uh, are still saying, they all say their number, the, the number one problem for everybody seems to be the same thing. I need help with the workforce, right? right? Mm -hmm. They're all struggling to find employees uh, you know, the, the labor market right now is at, oh, it's the all-time low for any of us for our, in our lifetimes. Yeah. Um, what, so, and, 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 and I do hear this, we have a lot of hard, we have a hard-working workforce. I have clients uh, around the country, and, and in the South, it's a little bit different. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's like, I like, want, I, I like have to push my clients a little bit because I, 
it's like we're always on the go here and they're a little bit more relaxed. So um, what is what what can we do? How do we how can businesses um, improve uh, their relationships with or how can they build their workforce properly? So seeing different parts of America and seeing the challenges, it's a common problem. This is a problem West Coast, South, East Coast. Um, the differentiator and what I've seen with the companies that aren't having a challenge, um, say our big West Coast companies, you know, there, there's no shortage of people to work for Amazon or Starbucks. Um, these brands and the way they tell their stories and um, the way they connect with both their employee experience and then connect that employee experience with the customer experience, um, that's I think the biggest differentiator and how the world of work has changed. Um, that is ever more important. And I think as companies have evolved, um, some of the companies haven't quite acknowledged the connection in brand, transparency, customer and employee experience um, and why that matters because I just sell a product and let's just sell more of this product. Um, but the reason why I'm a T-Mobile customer is because of the experience. The reason why I'm a Starbucks drinker is because of their stories and the experience. The reason why I'm an Android guy or a Microsoft guy is because of the experience. You know, I love Apple and I'm not an Apple user, but I'm a stockholder of Apple because they believe in that experience. You look at some of these companies that have been around only for the last 20 or 30 years, they're now top. Um, you know, from like the 80s to the 90s, only a handful of companies got shifted out of that Fortune 1000. And then from, you know, the 90s to now, that, that almost flipped upside down. You know, you look at the traditional companies like GM or Sears, uh, Star, you know, uh, Toys R Us. And then you look at these newer ones like Amazon and Starbucks, and they're, they're now top of the top only in 20 years where the other companies that took several hundred. It's a loaded answer. You just gave me a loaded answer, so we have a lot to cover. Uh, near and dear to me is what you mentioned, the brand, the employer yeah. brand. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, well, I know we connected on this uh, you know, off air, uh, but employer brand is, it's not just for the Amazons and the Nikes. It's, 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 it's for everyone. It's small businesses. They, they, ha they have an employer brand. Yeah. Uh, whether you like it or not, it's it's whether you decide to uh, make it relevant yeah. and how you're going to connect with not only c candidates that would fit your company, but also connect with who? Your number one brand ambassadors, exactly. which would be your own employees. Yes, yes. You know, and I just feel like, um, I mean, some are, some, are, some are getting it, but it is seriously an, an afterthought right now. It's, a, it's an afterthought, and the ones that it's not an afterthought are the ones winning. Um, I shared this, this story with you um, when we were drinking coffee, was I was proud to wear the brands. You know, um, I didn't take my t-shirt off. I didn't take my badge off as I was going through a grocery store. Um, look at, you know, Wegmans here locally. They're consistently ranked number three, top. You know, and there's a reason why. They acknowledge the employee and the customer experience through brand and storytelling, and they measure it as well. So it's not a, I have a good brand, it's show me how you have a good brand and show me how you're measuring the employee, the customer experience, 
and connecting that. Um, and I think that's really where, whether you're a one employee crew, a three employee crew, or a 300 or a 300,000, that is where the world is going and people are going to transact with the brands that have a connection to them. Is it really, the, I mean, it, I, I, it's semantics here, and I know you agree with me. It's, we say it's connecting with the brand, the employer brand in this situation. Yes. But it, people don't connect with companies, they don't connect with the brand. I mean, they do, but really who, who they're connecting with are the people behind it. Yes, sir. People connect with people, yeah. human right. to human. Right. So it's the, it's, it's, you know, in this situation, like for recruitment, I want to connect with uh, employees that work there. I want to understand them as human beings, right? Yeah. And that's that employer brand. That's the storytelling that people connect with. Right. I, I read a recent Forbes article is talking about the evolution of the new CEO. Um, and it's about the CEO that has X hundreds of thousands or millions of Twitter followers. You know, it's the T-Mobile CEO, it's the Jeff Bezos, it's the Elon Musks, like those are the ones, whether they start another company or not. So um, the, the way that you connect with the brand is through the people, you know, silly things like a website with bios and storytelling and connecting with LinkedIn and um, all of our social media. And there's now a human factor in business that has been uh, accelerated, I think, in the last, uh, you know, five to maybe 10 years. Great point about, so when I say people don't connect with a CEO, it's like when you think of the CEO, you think of, you know, the suit, the tie, right. kind of like what I am right now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but you think of, I really don't know that person. Right. I, I know that's a CEO, it's not a person. Right. And the Elon Musk of the world, whether you like him or don't like him, he does, he's a CEO, but you don't think of him as a CEO, you think of him as the brand as a person as a person and that's who you're going to oh cool I get to work with that company right. who's led by that guy right. that's pretty cool right exactly yeah I was I was joking um, there was a there was something coming out where Elon Musk is coming to uh, the the Tesla plant here in Buffalo and they're hiring 400 people and I said if Elon Musk had an office in Buffalo and he was there on a daily basis I would sweep floors at that place mm -hmm. to be there what about like a Warren Buffett I mean, he's got himself a brand. I don't know if he did it on purpose. He's been very successful at what he's done. Uh, but I know, you know, when he, he doesn't always tell the world, but sometimes he comes and visits Geico, <laughs> and they're all over him. Yes. He, he, people want to work for someone like him. Uh, question if he did it intentionally or not, but he embraced it. Um, he is a personal brand. Another uh, person that I follow, you know, people look at those, those, uh, those wins with Berkshire Hathaway and Geico and um, everything that he's investing. You know, him and Bill Gates have had conversations where uh, he actually, Bill Gates went to, um, went to Warren Buffett and uh, Warren Buffett turned him down because he didn't understand computers. And he doesn't regret that he didn't, but Warren Buffett and Bill Gates are best friends. Um, they connected, and they connected on a personal level, even though it wasn't a good business transaction. And he looks back and he's like, yeah, I probably could have made a whole lot of money investing, you know, being one of those first people that invested in Microsoft. And going into the technology stories, and there's documentaries about this, um, when uh, Steve Jobs was 
ran out of Apple and uh, then created this magical, beautiful thing called Pixar. Um, when Apple was tanking, a personal brand, a personal connection, he um, was asked to come back to Apple and who infused him with a whole bunch of uh, investment capital, Mr. Bill Gates and uh, Microsoft. He took an exit plan in a couple of years, he sold it off. He could have kept that and been 10, 20 times richer through Microsoft, but he used that for a purpose. He helped a competitor. Um, and that's the difference nowadays, is if you look at these root stories, um, you know, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, Microsoft and Apple, you would think that those would be going head to head, and at, sometimes they did, but they were still taking care of each other because they had a personal brand together, and they had a mission to lift up the way we do business now. And I, I feel what you just described also describes you and, and your mission. Yeah. You know, you've talked to me quite a bit about, well, I really think this is really cool what you guys are doing with this podcast yes. because yes. We're, we're just trying to help people tell their story. We're trying to help connect people because if people get connected, we all win. Yes. If, if something you say in this podcast helps one person say, oh, oh that was a bad move by him, or that was a good move by him, and they learn from that, that's great. It's only going to help our, our yep. community, right? Yep. So, but that's what you're all about, and you think that's the direction all business will go, whether all successful business will go. What are you doing? I mean, what are you doing in Buffalo to try to get, or Western New York, to try to get companies to work together? I see it a lot in marketing. I see, I see a lot of us all working together on special yeah. projects or saying, hey, you're really good at this particular part of the business. Why don't you work with this particular client? Right. We'll refer people all the time. Yeah. We can do these things, but these guys are better at that, right? Yeah, I think that's exactly it, is don't be an expert at everything. Um, when I started my consulting firm, it was a, uh, a need and it was um, out of my computer expertise and I was helping build websites and it really evolved into helping people with my Fortune 500 experience on building brands and connecting brands and it evolved. I don't build the websites. I have people that build the websites and here's the person, here's his name. I don't hide behind a contract and try to, you know, and I think when, when I came to Buffalo, I've been here since May, um, Techstars has been here. I've been trying to just connect with some great people. Um, and I think that's been the most rewarding part is meeting people like yourself, meeting all these other community leaders and people that aren't, they're, they're not okay with the status quo. We've, we've grown, we've made some changes. Um, the pace of change is, um, needs to accelerate. And we need more people that have uh, experience from the outside that are coming in. And I think that's a, that's a big differentiator. And the thing that I want to bring to this region is there's a lot of people doing a lot of great things individually. And uh, we need to break down those silos. And even if our groups are doing two of the same things in two of the same areas, we need to work together um, because there's areas that I grew up in that are half the footprint of Erie County. And um, one thing that everyone can agree on here is the Niagara Falls, the Buffalo, the Rochesters, um, there's more 5013Cs here per capita than almost any other state. Like 
we have a lot of people doing a lot of things individually that need to come together. And that's why I love digital. That's why I love technology is that's what the power of this is, is to connect it all. You, um, let's talk about your, uh, your company. Uh, so it's still alive because you, you had a, a, a booming co uh, consulting company in, out in, when you were in San Antonio. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you've, you had to move out here. Yeah. We're glad you're here, <laughs> and I'm glad you're making a go of it, and yeah. you want to immediately, you're figuring out ways to connect people in our community, which exactly. is going to be better for everybody. Uh, but uh, the name of your company, what does what is your name of your company? It's uh, 180.io. Yeah. What, yeah, what does that mean? So 180degrees.io, mm -hmm. input output. Okay. So um, if you look at the logo and it's got a forward swoop like a chart going up, which is what every business wants to do with a rocket, 180 degrees with good input, good output. And uh, everything's digital, everything's technology. Um, if it's not measured, it didn't happen. And you, we can go and read all the stories in Inc. and Forbes, data is the new gold. And if your company isn't capturing, measuring, and utilizing that data, talk about traffic on websites or lost leads or you know attrition with people, if you don't understand what those numbers are, that is what's putting these businesses behind. We, we have the data to measure website traffic. We have the data to measure opportunity to close deal. We have the technology to where you can hire and track that employee life cycle and see with exit interviews and you know onboarding why people are coming on board, why people are leaving. And you need to utilize that data to constantly re-improve yourself and be agile in today's workforce. So the way you just described how businesses should use data is exactly is exactly uh, on target, and I would say I can't give you a percentage, but very few companies one are utilizing that data, mm -hmm. and then the ones that are. I'm in the marketing world, yep. right? And this is how this is what drives me crazy, is well, it's it's a digital world. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. So. Our, our marketing has to go into digital because it shows us the, the, the return on investment, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and digital isn't the answer. You know, it, the brand is, there's, I don't, there's gonna be a digital world in 10 years that we don't comprehend yet. Yes. We'll comprehend it then, I hope, right? <laughs> 20 years, 30 Maybe years. Maybe hologram, yeah. you never know. But it's, it's still gonna come down to the brand and the having a story to tell. People. You leverage your digital assets. You leverage digital to help tell the story mm -hmm. and then you analyze the data uh, from there. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to advertising ROI, I often hear, oh, well, that was great. We did a, a Facebook campaign and whatever. We, mm -hmm. we, we got uh, a lot of conversions. The yeah. conversion rate right. was fantastic. Was it because of the Facebook campaign? Or know. was it because uh, I don't know, you've been building the brand for the last five years, you've built your story, um, you've had multiple touch points, and then we utilized a Facebook advertising campaign uh, to help build that story, and that was the last touch point. Yeah. I, I don't know, was it because uh, a neighbor told somebody about this product or service, <laughs> and then they happen to be on yeah. Facebook and say, yeah. I don't know, I have a connection with that particular company, and I'm going to respond. I don't know. I mm. mean. To, what bothers me is that a lot take what you just said, which is so on target, and say, see, 
it's this is how we're going to measure results now is uh, how many conversions we have mm -hmm. or and and that's just that's not it. That's not the standalone data. No. There is, you have to recognize there's a bigger picture. Um, it's kind of like in the medical industry when you, you triage someone and you look at their pulse and you look, the, those are indicators. Um, we now have the ability through digital to create channels uh, such as podcasts and videos and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. And we now have the control um, to where 10 years ago and 20 years ago, we were limited. We had you know, radio, print, TV, and even before that, we had only a handful of TV channels, then we went into cable. So we, we now have the ability to get it out there. Um, the way we measure things nowadays, uh, there's data in the real estate world that says when a buyer is ready to buy or sell a house, they need to have an interaction with that brand anywhere between 15 to 21 times. Top of mind marketing, you know, you see a little yellow ghost, what do you think about? You see a little green mermaid, what do you think about? You see, you know, the red Coca-Cola font or the red Disney font that's in your name. You don't see your name, you see those brands because those are so great at top of mind. And the barriers of entry now are a lot easier. But the measurements, um, you know, I tell people when I build websites or social media, those are just building traffic full of freeways. But are you putting the right exits to the right people? And that's where sales and marketing now are connecting through data. Um, great creative is very important, but look at the difference between, say, a Craigslist website and an eBay website. They're both selling, but eBay put millions of dollars into creative and measurements and analytics, and, you know, it's... They're, they're different target markets. So, you know, Mercedes and BMW, they spend pennies on the dollars to market here in the U.S. because their brand is so strong that once you buy a Mercedes or a BMW, you become a loyal buyer. But Ford and Chevy are out there spending hundreds of millions of dollars trying to acquire. So that goes back into your brand. And that goes back into that experience. Because once you deepen that experience, you know, you ask any BMW owner, they're not going to buy a Ford. How is that scalable? I don't know if that's the right term, but how does that equate? See, to me, what you're talking about is... It's the same with small businesses. It's exactly. A lot of people will say, well, that's BMW. I mean, I'm not BMW. Exactly. I, I hear that all the time. I, I, I I'm not hamburgers. Starbucks or yeah. Amazon. Right. So how, how do you take that and take those great examples and explain it to a small business that's the same for you? Um, so let's go down to small business. And I was listening to uh, NPR yesterday, and they were talking about the re-evolution of bookstores. Um, with uh, the, the closures of Barnes and & Noble and all these other you know, bookstores that are having a hard time, there's new, there's new opportunities for the local, small, one-employee book uh, bookstore owner to uh, deepen that relationship. And they're doing things like having conversations and book readings and uh, in increasing the experience through... Uh, they're even serving... Uh, coffee and alcohol in some of these um, because people are hungry for experiences. They're not hungry for transactional anymore. I can buy the same book on Amazon, but if I go to my local bookstore and they recommend something to me and I have a cup of coffee and I have a stimulating conversation, I'll pay retail. 
instead of paying a couple dollars cheaper for Amazon. But these small businesses need to understand that that relationship and that experience is all communicated through their brand, through their people, and they need to understand who that target market is and what's important to them. Because it's different, you know, it's different here. You know? It's human though. Yeah. It's Tim, human. Tim, that's Tim it's Hortons all... is Western New York in Canada. Starbucks is the West Coast. I know, you know, and we got spot coffee here too. You know, these are these are regional differentiators, but it's still the same experience. So, you know, people need to deepen and understand that relationship and those experiences through data, through technology, through social media and marketing, and analyze that data and figure out where your strategic value consumer is and how to deepen that relationship. So banks realize that you open a checking and savings account, you're more likely to leave, but you open a checking, a savings, a CD, a mortgage, you know. So on the business level, you need to constantly look at deepening that relationship just as much as you're trying to hunt for a new customer. And I think that's another thing that a lot of companies are, are missing out on is they're trying to hunt for new customers instead of deepen the relationship with their existing customer. They're your word of mouth. You're listening to Sidewalk Talk, a podcast in which we connect uh, thought leaders in Western New York uh, to the community and, and help tell their story through authenticity. Uh, just a programming note, Jamie, we're going to go past our, our lot of time, so you're going to have to you, give me a, a heads up, and we'll 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 uh, we'll make the switch. Um, we'll just slow down for a minute in a couple minutes. Um, and uh, so today we're talking with Blake Lemoy. He works here uh, locally in, in Western New York with Alcott HR. He uh, t he he does a lot of things. Uh, the, the company uh, that he also uh, has. Uh, is uh, 180. Yeah. Uh, I, dot io, right? Dot okay. I. So, um, but what what I always find interesting in talking, to, your focus on everything is is ends up being. Well, in the end, the end result would be sales. Yes. Because without sales, sales solves business, all problems, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a lot of people say, well, we just need more sales, right? Yeah. So yeah, this guy gets it. He's he's all about sales. Well, what you get, what your but your passion is. Well, it's not just saying we want to. Uh, how do you get? How do you get to that? What your philosophy behind getting to sales? It's multifaceted. So, so the biggest underlying factor is the people. Um, the people that are in your operations, the people that are your frontline, people that are your executives. Um, people, no matter how automated, no matter how AI we go, there will always be people on the back end, whether it's one or one hundred people. And that's your differentiator. And that's what a lot of great brands um, ha have understood. And they reward and they compensate and they incentivize um, to make sure those people stay. Uh, we were talking uh, before, um, before we went on air about the workforce, uh, the current Here's what we compared it to. People, a lot of times in Buffalo, we're like, well, we're never going to have to, you know, we're 10, 15 years away from, you know, we're not really losing employees or potential employees out to the West Coast or yeah. uh, S Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, it's just not going to, we don't have to worry about that. We got to worry about what, what's here. Yeah. It is, it is. Yeah. But we do have to worry about that because those companies are now coming here because there's, a, there's such a thing as a remote, remote workforce. Can you expand on remote workforce and why? We need to be more aware of that as employers. 
So um, the world of work is changing. We, uh, we've all heard of work-life balance and, you know, 410s and what's going on in Europe. And the way companies are going to attract and retain top talent and young talent and new talent is balancing that performance and giving them as much that they can. Um, we have technology with VPNs. We have the ability to log in. Companies like Amazon and Microsoft and Apple, um, it doesn't matter what city you live in, if you're qualified and if you can do the job, they will pay you the West Coast salary in Buffalo. They will pay you the West Coast salary in Louisiana. If you, It doesn't matter anymore. But you know that for a fact because you've met people locally that are working for some of these big companies and they work right out of their home yeah. and they're paid pretty well. Yeah, um, I, I actually, I mean, when I moved out here in 01, um, I was on a West Coast salary making about 20 to 30% more than my coworkers. Um, and when I went down to Texas, they were actually starting people at $9 an hour when uh, almost nine years previously in Seattle, they were starting at 12 to $14 an hour. So there are differences and we can talk about cost of living and all that, but you know, it, it doesn't matter anymore. And the way we're going to fill that workforce gap and the way we're going to retain people is we need to understand that we're in a national market now. Um, and a lot of these companies, it doesn't matter what city you work in. If you have the skills, you know, you can work in Buffalo and work in New York City, Boston, you know, Seattle, San Francisco. And that, um, that gate is about to be unleashed in some of these big companies because they are having such a hard time with talent acquisition. They have now done so much research on how to manage their workforce remotely that it's going to be almost 100%. Um, I want to talk about uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. It's a real powerful tool. And talk about it's a digital world, yeah. right? Doesn't take away the human to human interaction. Right. It's like when people talk about, well, I'm a B2B business, I, it's still human to human, right? right? Whether it be to C or B2B. Um, it, you have leveraged it. I know you have more than 20,000 followers. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What advice do you have for? I, for anybody out there, um, to what, why should why should people be using LinkedIn as 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 a tool? So the the age of the resume, although it's very important, um, has evolved, and uh, your personal brand and communicating that personal brand through a website, a portfolio, or LinkedIn, which is a very easy thing, just like Facebook, to throw up a portfolio, put out your articles, share your articles, comment on the people that you like. We have a way now of connecting. Um, in fact, um, when I was with uh, ADP in San Antonio, the way I got the job was through all of my thought leadership on LinkedIn. A recruiter from California reached out and said, hey, it looks like you qualify for this job. Would you like to apply? Was he, had you guys connected? And so he was seeing your posts on, on, on his newsfeed? So uh, recruiters have another feature in LinkedIn. So they're specifically looking out for um, so they were seeking people in the area with certain skill sets or what have you, but we, no, we weren't connected. They were actively seeking, and uh, that's another thing that a lot of these big companies are doing is they're utilizing LinkedIn. So putting your resume out there, which my resume is out there, uh, putting my personal brand, putting all of the stuff 
um, that you believe in and what you connect with, um, that is what's going to be uh, your resume on steroids, I guess you would say nowadays. Here's the pushback I'm getting um, from, from some of our clients that, that we're encouraging um, to, to push to push more content out on LinkedIn mm -hmm. through their personal brand, yes. not the company brand. Yes. And we can get to that in a second. But what I am hearing, which I get because I went through it, when, when Jamie from Shovel the Sidewalk was pushing me, he's like, you have a lot of thoughts. We should, we should really let the world know about it yeah. and share your thoughts, which is then it led to this podcast too, because <laughs> let everybody share their thoughts. But um, it's the people that are not using LinkedIn the right way that are messaging you and selling you yeah, it, it, there, it's it's the it's the modern it's the tech. I would say it's the modern day version of cold calls. It is. It's hey, I've got this, and that's they're making a mistake. Number one, and, and you can figure that out in a second. I, I would assume they don't get much business out of that, but right. it's actually keeping people from wanting to get more involved and connect with people on LinkedIn. So what, what, what do you, it's like, it's like when people, I don't want to get on Facebook because I don't want to uh, hear my high school. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't like them in high school, but I don't like them now, you know? Yeah. But it, it's almost the same kind of thought process. It is, it, it's like the product curve. I mean, how many people hold, held on to their flip phones and we won't mention that flip phones are back. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's that evolution of the product cycle is um, you couldn't refuse to have a phone. You, uh, back in the day, it was uh, Yellow Pages. You know, you'd had to advertise in Yellow Pages. And then in the late 90s, it was, you gotta have a static website. You just gotta have a website. Well, now um, the way to get your, your message out there is through engaging content. Um, and LinkedIn is one of the most highly trafficked websites. So um, I get it, it can be disruptive. We're in a very disruptive world. Um, we're in a very distractive world, so there are techniques with you know short sound bites and you know grab attention kind of thing. But you know it's also easy to delete and it's also easy to block. Um, I actually got someone, and I get these almost on a weekly basis, sometimes two or three, that some U.S. person that doesn't sound like or speak like they're from the U.S. is selling me website development for twenty to twenty-five dollars an hour, and it's almost the same script and the same websites and. I just, I delete them now. It, it, you can't stop people from knocking on your door if there's a no soliciting sign. You can't stop people from calling you on the phone even if you're on the do not call list. You can't stop people from messaging you on LinkedIn or what have you, but um, that's where everyone is. We can connect with the world. So um, you just gotta feed through the distractions, I think, and um, utilize it for good. I got 20,000 plus followers and I get several hundred to several thousand views and the way I've succeeded is bringing my personal brand and you know my family, my business and all of that stuff and connecting that through digital and storytelling. So it's your advice for, I literally had a client just email me yesterday and say what is the etiquette? Should I delete them? Do I respond to them? Because some of them Maybe they they have good intentions and yeah. they really believe they have a product to sell that could help you, but you it's just they're going about it the wrong way. They're not connecting. It's like, hey, I've got a product. There's no connection. He doesn't want to deal with it. And right. my answer was, it, it, you know what? It's it's a little bit labor intensive, um, but but I feel like over time you get less and less of those, I, or I, I don't know why. I, um, or those people kind of go away. It seems like when you make that connection, you know that there's a problem when they connect with you and they start messaging you right away. Yeah. But what is it? I didn't have the right, I didn't feel like I gave them a good answer. 
I don't block those people. I mean, I know uh, there's certain people that you want to block, just ignore it or, you know, I mean, if someone calls on me and they're trying to do their job, uh, I try not to ignore them. Right. I try right. to do the right thing. But when you're getting a hundred of them, right. what do you do? I mean, what is the right, I, I don't know what the answer is. I'm sure it's, the right answer is different for everyone. Um, as an example, I actually messaged this gentleman that was, you know, the same script. I do web development, $20 an hour, said he was from San Francisco. And I said, hey, I don't want to be rude, but you know I get two to three of these weekly, and it's very distracting. So if you want to be one of my approved vendors, um, I would like to create a, a, a relationship with you. Um, and, and I think that's the way sales has evolved. Um, whether it's cold calling, whether it's you know direct mail, or now LinkedIn, which is just a new channel to be annoyed by. You know, we all have our spam folders now, and junk folders, and emails kind of gone on the wayside, and now it's going into uh, LinkedIn and text messages and stuff. You need to. I think that's why brand is exp uh, is so so important and that's why this experience is so important is we're in such a distractive world and it gets overwhelming and, it, and it, it's just hard um and for for someone that's been a digital native and been in technology forward cities to me that's just it's another thing that just goes to my spam and every once in a while i respond and say hey you know no thank you um but you know, I, I think it's it's up to the way someone wants to handle it. We have the ability to block them if you want to, but you know that's not going to stop. Um, we're in a world of distractions, and and that's I just think the biggest challenge and how um, we need to show how distractive our world is and how sales have been flipped upside down because of that. Uh, explain that more detail, because to me, yeah, I, cold calling. I don't know when it was popular, you know, but it's, um, you know what I mean? But, but apparently it was. I don't know if, uh, when, when someone cold calls on me, I'm angry. It, you know? it ruins their I reputation. I don't know you. Yeah. Um, but yet there doesn't mean they're bad people. Right. And it, that, that's, I guess that point is the same way I feel about when someone messages me or cold calls right. me through LinkedIn. Right. It's, just human. it's just the same. I have the same reaction. But what do you mean sales has been turned upside down? So um, look at the way we consume videos. We no longer go to a video store. Look at the way we consume groceries. We no longer have to go to a grocery store. Um, you, you can do curbside pickup or now get it delivered. We no longer consume, and this is the best example, the car buying experience. Um, I consulted with um, some dealerships back in Texas, and there's over 100 to 200 what's called micro moments in the buying experience. So they go from hundreds to tens to maybe three or four, and a person will only go into about one and a half dealerships before they buy a car. So no longer... Do buyers go to car lots, do test drives, experience, utilize the salesperson as the thought leader? They consume that thought leadership in a different way through, you know, uh, car reviews and Edmonds and all these other, you know, ways of seeing the car through a digital presence and they make their buying decisions now in a different way. Think about how you bought your phone. 
Did you look at reviews? Did you compare? Or did you go to you know the Apple Store or the Microsoft Store or Best Buy or whatever that has all of the brands? People consume things differently how digitally native they are or aren't. So there are still a lot of people that are still experiencing it in the old-fashioned, tangible way. But the majority of people, the majority of people in the workforce are now millennials. Um, they are digitally natives. They go through reviews and reputation and five-star reviews and all of that. So the way people buy is all through those experiences and how well you're demoing your product online and doing your product demos, you know, you know, subscribe here and, you know, download this demo or come watch this product review. I mean, there's people making money unboxing toys. There's kids making money as a full-time career unboxing toys because that toy company and that brand is sponsoring those because that's the new way that people are experiencing brands. And people... It, it, I don't know if it's a millennial thing or not, but I think we're just done being advertised to. Yes. We want, we want again, back to what we talked about before, we want the connection. We want to, we want to, we want to like the vision. Yeah. Right? Before, yeah. We, before we go ahead and buy. We want to, or like the brand, or like the people behind it and <laughs> understand it. Yeah. We, and I guess I want to get back to, to LinkedIn because it's, it's a sales tool. It really is when it's, it's used great, properly. Yeah. Right, yeah. it is it is a way for people to understand your thinking mm -hmm. and say, I like how that person thinks. If I'm ever in need of that particular service, or if I know someone it is, I should connect those people too. Right? Yeah, it's exactly. that simple, isn't it? It, it is that simple. Uh, LinkedIn is one of the most powerful B two B and business tool connectors I think out there. There's um, there's sales navigator, there's recruiting navigators, there's things that you can pay for that enhance it, have CRMs and ways of following. And I would love to s show tips and tricks and ways that I've been very successful on there. And we could probably do hours of conversations on just how to utilize that one tool. Um, but LinkedIn is the most powerful way, in my opinion, to connect the business community and it lessens that barrier of entry, um, say in our conversation. Um, I, saw, I saw one of your podcasts, um, I connected with you, said I really love what you're doing, and we went out and had coffee. What if I cold called you? It would have been completely different. You know, maybe we would have had the same conversation because we connected on a personal brand, but that's the differentiator, is it's a less disruptive, barrier of entry. People can respond at their own convenience to a digital communication. People like, I don't know about you, but I don't check my voicemails, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So it, it's an evolution of the way we transact. And LinkedIn was bought by our friends at Microsoft for, you know, I think a few billion or something like that for a reason. The, those tools are, are connecting the world at a record pace. You know, Again, we consult with our clients and, and, and work uh, uh, and, and come up with marketing strategies. A lot of times I do see, uh, I don't know how to put this right, so a lot of companies, I don't, they're not misled on purpose, um, but you know, we're, we're, we're always worried about this, this SEO, search engine <laughs> optimization, and I get it. 
Yeah. Right? And my philosophy is it's second to the brand. Brand is first. I'd rather people look up uh, my company and Google my company name or my brand rather than my whatever business I'm in and me go up against 10 other people and I want to be yeah. number one. But right. I think it can happen organically. Um, but what, I guess where I was going was I see a lot of a lot of people say, well, what we got to do is we have this strategy. We have, we have these five uh, channels, these five social media platforms, and, and we're going to uh, have content on all of those, mm -hmm. and that will help our SEO, which is true, very true. Very true. Uh, but um, we're talking about small businesses. I mean, Coca-Cola has an entire team just for Facebook, per right? Channel. So yeah, that's what I mean. And so it, on paper, it's brilliant. Of course, that, so that's what you should do, but it's not realistic for small businesses to have content that people want to engage with on five different channels. Pick one, exactly. you know? And the other thing that's happened is that I'll see a lot of the B2Bs and, uh, um, and they'll have this LinkedIn strategy from their company page and there's no engagement there's no, and, and it's, it's a company. Yeah, it's a company, so it's not the people. It's different, like Facebook, your brand page uh, is one thing and people tend to use their personal page as their personal page. Mm -hmm. But LinkedIn, uh, the personal page is more important By far. than the company page. By far, you, you look at my 180 page and it's only got like maybe 20 followers. You look at um, Alcott's page and they have several thousand followers, but the engagement is through personal. Um, I mean, you mentioned it's exact, Facebook business is different than LinkedIn business. Um, and that's, and that, I think that's the differentiator is um, being in media, you understand demographics and you know the difference between, you know, uh, advertising on this channel, this channel, this time because of demographics. Um, and I think that's the biggest differentiator in small businesses, and that goes back into the data, is who is your strategic value consumer? And what data are you relying on that? Don't tell me that's how you feel it is, and don't tell me how you think. Utilize your social media and your, your web traffic and all of that demographic that you have that can pinpoint age, sex, you know, income, all these trigger events, and then take that with your point of sale systems. And uh, when people swipe cards, that shows you what zip codes they're in. Take your loyalty programs and capture that demographics and compare the two. Because the people on the outside of the window that are liking and sharing aren't necessarily the ones that are in there actually swiping cards and buying. So that's, I think, where the small businesses get really confused. And, um, you know, I hate to say it, um, but marketing agencies and creative people, and all, that's the new used car salesman. Mm -hmm. Like, they're a dime a dozen. You know, they're pretty faces and great coders. And we have to stick to our areas of expertise. My area of expertise is bringing that digital into a sales process. Um, and there's great salespeople and there's great marketing people that I work with. Um, and these small businesses, they get distracted by the next shiny thing that's like, oh, my friend does social media, or oh, my friend does websites. SEO. Uh, SEO, mm -hmm. you know, and you no longer key load your website with keywords anymore. I can, I can make your website number one on, on Google by having good Facebook reviews and good Google reviews and good engagement on social media and have horrible keywords, even though that's the fundamental and still the foundation today is keywords. You know, header tags and all that, all that jumbo and jargon and, you know, it's so distracting. No one cares about how an internal combustion engine works. They turn the key, they go down the road. And 
that's where websites, we can go in the nitty gritty on header tags and H1 and H2 and the fact that to index a Google page, you need X amount of characters and like, who cares? It's about engagement and it's about connecting with those people. You can have a horrible Wix or Webly or Squarespace website and not knocking them because they serve their purpose and they're great. I've seen businesses be multi-million dollar businesses on those cookie cutter websites as small businesses are doing exactly what you said. Oh, I talked to my expert and they need a WordPress website that's custom and I need to be on 17 different channels and, the, and it's distracting. And then that goes back to our previous conversation of we're just in a world of massive distractions and um, the experts are the ones that are, you know, weeding that out. Doing, doing what you're doing and just a, a, a daily podcast or a daily video and just bringing that word out there organically is going to work better than any SEO. <laughs> in the end, your advice then, I'll let you say it, but I think we're on the same page for, because we're, we really want to help that small business owner, right? Yeah. Um, well, I, the advice would be just think about the end user, right? Think about who you're trying to connect with. Yeah. And because this is what Google wants you to do. This is what the platforms, the social media platforms want you to do. They want you to provide content that others actually want to consume. Yep. And if you focus on that, that other stuff will take care of itself, Everything right? Everything else will come. Yeah. Um, inbound marketing instead of outbound marketing. You want to be exhibiting that thought leadership, you know, depending on your business, whether you're B2C, it's going to be more transactional. It's going to be more distractive. It's just the way it is. Um, B2B is going to be more long-term relationship, nurturing, lead scoring, uh, re-nurturing, retargeting. But Bottom line is you need to understand who your strategic value consumer is, who your high dollar is. I mean, we, we can go to marketing classes all day long and talk about cash cows and loss leaders and all that stuff. We have to analyze that and we have to understand what it is. There's a reason why McDonald's put out a dollar menu and it has nothing to do with the fact that they lose money every single time they sell a burger for a dollar. They know that that loss leader is going to bring in X amount of people that are going to buy a you know, soda or pop or whatever we want to call it, wherever we are, mm -hmm. um, that brings a 200% margin. And or a, poison. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother, well, yeah. you know, <laughs> you talk about the ethics and the connections. Yeah. I mean, those brands that were once leading brands are dying, where if you look at them in Europe, they're all organic. And they, so they haven't adjusted. They're trying to do some old school distractive loss leader and you know i mean look at wendy's and burger king they're copying they're 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 mimicking a failed process where they need to like turn it upside and you know they're trying to do the 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 veggie burgers and all this stuff i get it they're being different and that's what we need to do is we need to deepen that relationship and that experience and say customer why do you shop with me why do you come to my store and you need to duplicate that. And we have measurements with social media and analytics and loyalty programs and point of sale systems and all that data is there for a reason. I mean, look at Google. They don't sell anything and they're the most valuable company because they know where we are, what we do, what websites. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's how Facebook 
monetized before yep. paid boosting. It's, right. it's about that data and that's the evolution and it goes down to a small business and it is very affordable because chances are you already have those tools. Google Analytics is free. You're probably already swiping credit cards that has analytics on it. Don't get distracted by all the bells and whistles, by all the extra options. So you can do this for free or very low and just take some organic posts and tell some good stories and connect your people and tell your people stories and tell your customer stories and case studies and drive five-star reviews. And you look at the small bakery that's doing that and they got hundreds of five-star reviews and their love and life and business is great while well, you got the other bakery that's doesn't understand digital and has a couple people that are you know running in and out and the difference could be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of profit with the same type of company in the same block because they understand it all right we are um so blake lamoy is his name um we can find out you know what why don't i just tell i'm going to spell your last name okay l-e-m-o-i yep. right l-e-m-o-i so if someone if, if you want to uh to engage with blake and, and 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 hear more of his thoughts he's got a lot of thoughts he's got a lot of knowledge i'll just tell people to go into linkedin and and look you up on linkedin blake yeah. lamoy l-e-m blakelamoy.com it or, actually okay. reroutes to linkedin does it yeah all right there's even more to learn there so blake lamoy <laughs> has been our guest on the uh longest sidewalk talk podcast we've had so far right all right we went over our time a little bit but that's okay we there are no rules it's not like we have yeah. uh, it has to be exactly whatever we want to do so uh, blake thanks for being a guest i appreciate your Thank thoughts you, i appreciate what you're trying to do for the west new york community and people involved and and uh hopefully we can help uh, get your message out and, and connect more people Perfect. uh that's it for this version of, of of sidewalk talk you can download all of our sidewalk talk podcasts on uh whatever podcast platform you choose apple itunes spotify uh, you can also watch any of our podcasts by visiting our website, shoveltosidewalk.com. Also, if you or someone you know wants to be a guest on our show because you have a story that needs to be shared, you can let us know by uh, completing a simple form on our website. All right, thanks again for listening or watching and participating. I'm Steve Fortunato, and this has been Sidewalk Talk.